Hello, everyone, and welcome to our 15th episode of Honesty Hour. It's pretty crazy that we're already on our 15th episode. Um, seems like this was just, we just started out and we were just kind of getting everything together, logistics, how we were going to record, um, how we were going to get it out to you guys. So it's really great that we've come a long way. And um, yeah, I'm excited for this episode. Um, specifically, I'm really excited because it's going to be one of my really good friends from USC, uh, Shannon. But before we get into that, obviously, um, I'll tell you a little bit about how I'm doing. Um, I actually ended up coming home um, from LA for a little bit. I've been pretty stressed out just with the whole job search thing and balancing school and I needed a change in scenery. It was just, um, yeah, I was just getting a lot. And I also just being in like a very small apartment and um, being like in really close quarters with my bird and not really having that much space and not being able to really do that much um, because I don't have a car to do outdoors activities. I was just kind of feeling really closed in and I needed a break. So I wanted to come home, see my family and just get a little bit of that Arizona sunshine. So um, yeah, that's how I'm doing. And we can kind of get into introducing Shannon. Um, she'll probably be hopping on in a little bit, but to get it started off with. So Shannon and I actually met in a um, in a creative writing class. This was when I was actually at the time minoring in consumer behavior and I had to take a uh, specifically this writing class. And um, she's a, uh, I'll go into this a little bit, but she's also a narrative studies major. So it kind of worked together, which is really interesting because we're coming from different fields. Mine was like marketing business based and hers was like cinematic arts based, but yeah, we ended up sitting next to each other in class and then just started talking and bonding. And we actually had a um, one of my friends went to her high school. So we had that like in common. I knew where she went to high school and we just kind of got talking and became really close friends very quickly. And it was so great to meet someone that organically who was that who was just so open about talking about her feelings and also just a very genuine person, as you guys will see through this podcast. So um, as I said, she is a narrative studies major, but she also is um, a cinema and media studies major. So she's double major, which is incredible at USC specifically because they have a great program. They're really well known for their cinema studies. And then she is very passionate about mental health and um, women's rights. And so one of the clubs that she was in was Women in Cin the Women in Cinema Club. Um, and then she also produced on the Trojan Vision for two years. Um, she did USG and one thing we'll kind of touch on a little bit is um, she, as she stated to me, she was in sorority life for 10 seconds. So we'll talk about that a little bit, um, but please um, welcome Shannon Higgins. Hey, hey Shannon, how's it going? I'm good. As I introduced, as you guys know, I introduced Shannon. She's one of my really good friends from USC. Um, she graduated last semester. And so we're kind of like in the same boat of looking for jobs. And I kind of want to jump in and like talk about your experience, like where you grew up before USC, coming to USC, the transition, and then now like after what you're doing, obviously the job search, what that's like. And then we can talk a little bit about maybe your mental health journey through all of that process too. Work? Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. So yeah. you kind of give us a little bit of a background where you grew up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I grew up, honestly, like all throughout LA, mm -hmm. which sounds vague, but, but mostly on the west side. Mm -hmm. Like I, 
I lived in Westwood. I've lived in Brentwood. And, and then I, I guess, resided in Beverly Hills for high school. Yeah. But, but prior to that, um, yeah, I think, I think the main transition on why I went to Beverly was because my dad passed away. And then my mom, you know, didn't want to kind of live in the same area anymore and didn't want to like be around the same people. And I think it was just all really hard. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's one of the main reasons why I um, ended up moving to Beverly Hills in like, I don't know, I think like two, yeah, like 2011, 12. And then I started at a whole new high school where I literally knew like one person, which which was, and it was like one person, it's like the friend of the friend, you know? Oh yeah, so it's like not really like a deep connection. (laughs) No, not at all. It was like, really it was really scary but I think I think I wouldn't have it any other way because I feel like I've made some of my closest friends Mm -hmm. at Beverly High yeah what was that transition like too because obviously compared to those other areas I think Beverly like Beverly Hills is pretty different from like Brentwood and um so yeah yeah transition like for like were the people different did you have like a initially like a hard time at first like adjusting to that especially because I know you said your mom didn't want to like associate with the same people was that hard for you yeah I I think it it was hard for me but I also like completely understood her standpoint and I feel like it was just I think I think it'll always be hard like if you're driving in that in that neighborhood where we used to grow like where we used to grow up and you know, it's just like a lot of memories and some of them are good, but a lot of them are like hard to remember. So I feel like I, I, I was really understanding like 13 year old. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. So I was, I totally like understood why. And like, it's not like we never saw those people ever again. Like we totally, we totally did. And we, we still talk to them today and mm-hmm. it, it was nothing against like that neighborhood or anything. I think it was just like, that well, chapter to cope too with what was yeah happening. I think that's what it was and I think a lot of people like end up like living in the same house after like a family member dies and it gets like really depressing like very fast and sometimes when you like put yourself in a whole different environment yeah it, it does sound distracting and probably like you know the best not the best mechanism but it's a way to yeah. grieve I think and I think that's probably it probably was like her idea, a mixture of her friends' ideas and like, I don't know. And it, it was hard. It was hard. I think definitely like transitioning because the thing about Beverly High that I noticed was that everybody, everybody who grows up in Beverly Hills, like grows up in Beverly Hills. So it's like these people like went to like preschool together, like kindergarten mm-hmm. together, you know, so they're growing up in this like very um protected environment where everybody knows everybody and I feel like they were they were welcoming though because I I knew I knew at least one of them like yeah but I also but then once I like once I started I started to realize I knew way more people than I thought I knew like playing soccer and um like meeting people, you know, in, in your life and then like reconnecting with them. And, and then, yeah, I think it was, it was, I think it was hard just because I was like going through so much change. Yeah. 
on my, you know, at home and, you know, and living in a different neighborhood and all that. But then overall, I think it was like one of the healthiest things I probably could have, could have done. And I know it doesn't sound like it, it is, but it, but it was, and I feel like I see it even, um, today with with some of my friends who are going through very similar you know situations and it's just like putting yourself in a different environment and kind of like letting those letting new memories like start and not like holding back on the past I think it's like I mean it must have been especially like now I mean I know like I know like your personal situation but like as a 13 year old like grieving versus now like what like have you seen like a change in the way that you like handle grief and like was it like also at the time did you understand what you were going through yeah I think I was like forced to really understand what I was going through because like in my brother my I have an older brother yeah and um he was obviously older. So like, I guess my mom and our family friends just were like relied on the fact more that he can like handle these emotions better, Mm. which was like totally false. But, (laughs) but like, I don't know, people think that, you know, it's like, oh, if you're, if you're young, you know, you, you can't handle like hard emotions. So, um, since they believed in that. And also I went to like a really, like, as I said, Beverly is like a really kind of like everybody knows everybody's business because like they all grew up in like the same area their whole entire life for the most part. Mm-hmm. They have this like amazing, um, what was it called? It was like called Norman Aid or something, which was like this, it was like this therapy session for like anybody who's like gone through grief. And like, the, yeah, at the school, oh, which was, like, wow, I know, so. I, I know, which which you don't get at most schools, but you um, really get it at USC. I feel like we don't really no, know yeah, just like that. So yeah, and I didn't even have to reach out. Like they found out. I think when I transferred, they were like, "Oh, I see that you know you recently lost a parent. Like we're gonna put you in this program, and oh. you're gonna go like twice a week, and you're gonna get out of like Spanish or something." But I was like okay <laughs> I was like I'll go like yeah. might as well I'm gonna miss some pop quizzes like that's like, fine really, <laughs> yeah. yeah like that's cool with me like I don't really care wow that's amazing yeah and I think that really helped because like just talking to somebody about literally anything but like especially I think when you're at a new school that also helps just talking sometimes even I think to a stranger can be like more helpful than talking to somebody you know because you're like not afraid to be super vulnerable and you're not afraid to tell them like everything that's going on in your mind because you're not going to see them until like the next session or let alone probably you know never again after (laughs) after that like year or two because they're probably going to move on and then and I I real I realized that with therapy now it's like but I think even at a young age I was like kind of on board with it Mm-hmm. because because I was going through a lot and I felt I felt like I, I didn't want to like you know kind of I, I it's not, it's not like I didn't want to put it on my mom because she was like really understanding but it was just like if there's somebody else who like wants to talk to me and wants to you know really understand what I'm going through and help me I'm gonna I'm, I was like totally willing and able to take that help and 
I felt like I wasn't trying to put that on like my new friends because like some of them knew and some of them found it over time, but Mm -hmm. I think therapy is amazing. And I think that everybody should do it. Like, even if you aren't grieving, like, because people just need to talk to people and get their just emotions and everything out. Because if you keep them in, it's just going to bottle up and it's going to be, I think a disaster over time, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm like a huge believer in therapy and was that the first time you ever went to therapy was then yeah yeah it was it was and it was like it was very soon after my dad passed so I feel like that was that was like really amazing and then like also it was like super random like I don't know if it was like I don't even know like fate or something because like I swear to you literally like the like the the, what was it like the, the second week or something when I joined um, it was like they were they were focusing on grieve week or something yeah. and and like and what was it like 12 kids came together who like lost people like over that like year in summer mm-hmm. and like they had a, like all oh. from Beverly High yeah it was like the weirdest thing oh. like, it was the, like I, that's why I was like very str- like I was like was this planned around me but then I was like the world doesn't revolve around me so I was like <laughs> why is this happening and like and I was like I was like oh my god my story is gonna be terrible you know mm-hmm. and and this is gonna sound horrible but I feel like sitting in that room like the first time I ever did it and it was like this like group therapy session I think they like that's how they like lure you in because they're like talk about your emotions with like a bunch of people because then you kind of like have a feel for like what you're going through and that you're not the only one that's going through this mm-hmm. which like I think was really smart to do especially for like a teenager because you think therapy is like uncool and you like you're like oh I don't need it like I'm fine like therapy is only for people who have problems yeah and, and so I feel like being in that room that day and even though it was like one of my first sessions ever and it was like a group session with complete strangers mm-hmm. I learned so much because there was people around me like literally just pouring out their hearts on like multiple loved ones that they've like lost that that summer that year and I was like oh my god like I thought I was the only person in the world going through these emotions but there's people going through them like every single day and mm-hmm. and they're losing like and they some people like lost multiple people at once you know and I was just like I couldn't I couldn't even like imagine that so I feel I feel like definitely sharing stories even with strangers sometimes can be like so impactful and helpful so it makes you realize too like just like obviously at the time and like at the time too I can't imagine what you were going through but it just makes you realize too like you like still there's there's like a bright light in this as well. Like there's, there's yeah. to be grateful for. And obviously, and I think like also at the, probably with like, I've also done group therapy too, just um, out of just like feeling. Cause like, I didn't want to have to pay for like individual therapy because it's can be very expensive and like group therapy sometimes is a lot cheaper too which is like something that right. I think like a lot of people should know about is that yeah. it's cheaper. And it's also like, I don't know. I think it's like 
when you go into therapy with just like a one-on-one, like a specialist or someone who is like knows therapy, like who knows these things about psychology, it can be daunting. Like, you're just like, oh, you're here to analyze me. Like that is like, you're not really like, you're going to listen to me, but you're listening to me to analyze me. But then when you have people who are going through the same thing, it's like, oh, you're here to just listen. Like, that's like one of the things that I really liked about group therapy too. Yeah, no, that's so true. Yeah, I, I can talk so much about different kinds of therapists and oh. different experiences because I've had so many. Yeah, so much, like I think that would be, I mean, if you're willing to, like, I think that'd be beneficial. Yeah. Haven't dived into different types of therapy actually on this podcast. We've like obviously talked about the benefits of therapy, how it can help you release emotions. And with obviously we know anxiety and depression, a lot of it's yeah. based on buildup. So do you want to talk about like different types of therapy maybe? And yeah, I like, I practice with people who have like no experience at all Mm -hmm. and then I practice with people who have like 20 plus like years experience in the field Mm -hmm. and like I'll I'll say like the person who's like willing to just listen and also like ask really in-depth questions I feel like are always the best ones yeah but but also the people who kind of let you you talk and even about like the dumbest things ever Mm -hmm. which which like at first I used to think like why are they asking me like what I ate for breakfast like I'm very confused yeah, yeah, I remember <laughs> having that question too and I was like I don't I'm know like, like why do you care it's not gonna yeah, I'm like, well, why does this matter <laughs> and then like we would get into like different like how like different like the ways I like talk about things or the yeah. ways I express things or how I like to change topics quickly and like just finding like all of these things I've been doing for years kind of as a way to uh, I I guess at first it was I did this a lot I would like ask them a lot of questions I remember when I first started yeah and she and like I remember one of my first therapists she was like she's like you're always avoiding questions she's like (laughs) you're asking me questions because you don't want to we don't you don't want us to talk about your life and what you're going through and I was just like I was like, oh my God. I was like, why are you so aggressive? Like, this is so insane. I'm like, and but it was so true. And and I didn't even know what I was doing. And I was, but I was good at it. I was like 14 and I knew what I was doing. I was like, I'm not, we're not this whole entire session is not gonna be about me. It's gonna be about you. And we're gonna like go around the topics on me. And then we're gonna like somehow shoot. And then she like always picked that up, which was like really funny. Yeah. she was like how did we go about like where I went to school and I'm like I don't know but like let's talk about it <laughs> and she was just like this girl but yeah and I feel like it doesn't matter like how much experience they have most of the time I think it's just like it's genuinely the person and how comfortable you feel with them personality is a big thing too like yeah. having like personalities that work together is huge because And one thing I will say too, I don't know if you went through this process of vetting therapists, like that's like so exhausting because like, like going through, cause like, obviously when you go to a therapist, you have to explain your story, why you're there every single time. And it can be exhausting. And like, and once you find someone like that you think you like, but you're not sure. And then you go through the process of going through three sessions and then you're like, Oh, I don't think this is a good fit. It's a hard, like, that's like one of the things that I've talked about on here is that 
people who go to therapy and take the effort to find the therapist that works for them are so strong. Like that is like, just like yeah. such big strength to have, especially when you're going through something like what you were going through or anything related to depression, anxiety, things like that. Like when you don't have the energy, but you're putting it into your mental health, that is just strength that like, I don't think a lot of people have, and it's incredible. Yeah. So I guess like you said, you went to the group therapy because your school put you into that. How did you come about going to individual therapy? Yeah, it, I feel like that was kind of, as I said before, I felt like it was like a way to lure me in, but it kind of just happened, I guess, because that, that was only happening for, I think, like a couple of weeks or something. It was like grief whatever I think it was like grief month or something I don't remember like the exact I mean you were 14 it's okay yeah, I'm like I don't remember everything but I remember like there was this like some sort of um like focus on grief and then from there I feel like they offered me the position to come in and like meet with a therapist once a week mm-hmm. which was really cool because I like never did that before it was a way to kind of you know talk about everything and also get out of class and I was I was definitely up for it because I was like why not it was like yeah I'm down like let's do this like see and I was just like willing to try it I wasn't like think I didn't think I was gonna do it like all four years and I ended up doing it all four years which was crazy and yeah and I like didn't think I was I thought I was gonna do it for like a couple of months or something and um but I didn't and that I think that was the crazy part about it and kind of going through like going through a new school but also like a new system and a new like belief mm-hmm. of you know therapy and kind of believing in strangers to like give you advice mm-hmm. I feel like that even it opened so many doors for me. I think even making friends because it sounds, it sounds crazy, but before that, I think I was like very, very shy. Mm -hmm. Like some people say I wasn't, but I think I definitely was. I was just very reserved, I think. Um, And I think after trying, I mean, after talking to kind of like a stranger and telling them my whole entire life, I felt just like comfortable with talking to to more and more strangers I guess which is like could be like worrisome but it, it got I mean I thought I think it was worth it because especially being in a new school and being like too afraid to make friends and all that um it, I think it just helped and it made me like less anxious to talk to people mm-hmm. and to make new friends and you know not have that kind of belief I think especially when you're a child and you go through something very traumatic you kind of lose hope in a lot of things and you don't you're also like I feel like you get really um afraid of taking chances or even like bringing new people into your life yeah like I think I went through that Mm -hmm. um a lot throughout high school um I think I like didn't like I made friends but like I never let anybody get like too close yeah it's like that losing another close person to you. Yeah. Yeah. I like, and I definitely did that like all throughout high school and some like, and through college a little bit, I think, especially with like the dating life scene lifestyle, mm-hmm. I was like, so anti it. Like 
people called me the prude in high school but I think it was literally because like I would I had like really good friends who had like these like very you know seemed to be healthy long relationships and then like one day the next they were like not talking and like never never were in each other's lives ever again and I think I was just like oh my god like, I can't do that like I already lost somebody I can't lose more people like and I feel like I never let anybody into my life because of like because of my dad and I'm laughing about it because it's like just so silly because it's just so that's just how like the child's mind works well yeah because you're also developing at that time to your mind and the way think is developing so having something as you said a traumatic event happen kind of shapes your mindset about relationships and how you view them yeah. I think like you've done an amazing job obviously since you and I are close like you're you're able to make those relationships that are like now like I think you're able to because I've seen like your relationships with your friends and things like that like you do have really close bonds with them and it's amazing the growth that's come out of it like I can't imagine like having to go through something like that and then also having to fix my mindset or not fix it, but develop it in a way so that you can build those relationships. So that's incredible. I do want to dive into like also maybe like did therapy also help with talking to your own family about what you were going through as well? Or were you open about talking about how you were feeling before that? Yeah, yeah. I definitely was open about it because we all went through the same thing at the same time so they were definitely my my big support system but I feel I feel like we were all going through like just different events at the same time yeah so so it's like even though we could relate on that one topic we also kind of did understand what everybody else was going through like I was going to a new high school and like trying to make new friends you know and my mom was like you know trying to create like a new home and like trying to figure out like what she's going to do with her life and you know what should she do and you know what what does life look like after you know my dad and I think my brother was was just like focused more on like it's like oh what should I like I, I guess he really relied on my dad to like give him guidance and stuff and just like help him you know figure out what what he should do with his life and all that and I think after my dad passed he was just very kind of lost and like wasn't sure like who to turn to or like what to do with his life as well but he was also older so he didn't you know kind of have to be home at a certain time or he was just kind of more his own person yeah but I I was I wasn't I was younger Mm -hmm. so and I also I also played a, like a lot of soccer and I was on um, just so many teams. So I feel like that was also um, a huge time commitment as well. But we still like always ate dinner together and definitely like, you know, had conversations with each other and talked to each other and, yeah. you know, did things together. But it was just, it was just a different dynamic and it was just trying to kind of create, you know, um like trying to create some sort of like family like outing or like family hangout without my dad so yeah that's like a big 
thing too, because like every family member, when you do things like that family dinner or something plays a different role in that conversation that you have. And it's like now learning how to have conversations without that person. But also, I mean, I am sure you guys like also honor him like all the time in your conversations too. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think we definitely do and we did, but, but yeah, it gets, it gets weird. And it's like, it's not someone who you like, who you forget about. Of course. You never, you never forget about them, but it definitely, um, it becomes more, it becomes more of like, I want to say like an internal thought or memory over time. Like, you know, everybody's like missing that person, but you end up like definitely not talking about them every single day, just because I feel like you know you're, you you you've already are internally. So I don't know. I feel I feel like we try not to bring it up like every single day, but we definitely we definitely are all like always thinking about it. Or you know he he always comes up somehow um, in a conversation or in a memory or something. But I think it's just like. Um, you, you know what I think it also can be a little bit of like just distracting yourself as well and like finding other things to do and you know not saying that you like don't have the time or like to talk about something but sometimes like you just don't really you don't have to because you already you already like know that you're thinking about it and like they're always going to be in your heart so I think it just gets, I think over time, it can get really, it can get better or it can get, it can get worse. So, and I feel like I'm seeing, I see that too with like so many people. It's like, you know, when you're hanging out with them, you're both thinking about it, but you're just not going to talk about it because, because you're already there and you're like in that person's like, you know, surroundings and you're comforting each other and like not everything has to be said mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just like no that you guys yeah coming from the girl who did therapy not everything has to be said you could just feel each other's vibes okay no but I feel like it's it just gets um yeah you don't want it to get like redundant I guess you know even though it is, it's like literally like why, why, why you are the way you are over time. But, but yeah. And, but it definitely comes up in a conversation here and there, but yeah. Well, I, I'm so happy that you're, you were willing to kind of share that experience with Yeah, no, of course. I feel like it's like one of the main reasons too, why I went to USC and like I can, talk about that for days but like I feel like the the main reason to why I brought it up was because like when I was at SC I made a lot of friends and a lot of them kind of came from this Hollywood like-esque background and all of that and I I for one like I don't know I always thought it was like super super cool and just you know very LA like you know posh 
<laughs> I guess I was like, oh my god, like that's how I thought about USC in that area. Being <laughs> I came from Arizona, so like that's like even like you even yeah, have Scottsdale is like really nice. Like it's nice, but it's like it's just like you have an idea of what like that area and what people are going to be like just because you're not yeah. there too. So it's like you just like kind of the posh yeah. idea, but yeah, continue. No, it's true. It's yeah, I I completely like understand like what you're saying especially like being at sc like it feels like everybody is like somebody or something somehow and you know you someone know. or like something like that yeah like, what you're like oh like okay but um yeah i think being yeah especially being at beverly there was like these huge theater programs and they're always putting on productions and so i definitely got involved and i think i i got involved through like the elective part of you know needing those extra units of like being creative it's like you either do like art or you do ceramics or you do theater and I was like I'm just gonna do theater because that seems expressive and that seems interesting and a way to make friends I guess so I did that and yeah I ended up making really good friends in that and a lot of them you know came from um like actor family backgrounds I guess or they came from like people like people's kids in the industry and I feel like over time um like not only like even like being in productions but like meeting those people and then like hanging out with them at their house or like going to like events and stuff like all of that kind of definitely sculptured my life in this like kind of like what it could be if I, if I focus on, you know, entertainment and it, it seemed pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I feel like at a young age, everything seems like very possible. Mm -hmm. And I feel like over time, I've definitely realized I'm like, whoa, it's like, it's definitely hard. It's not easy. Like, yeah. you know, being someone like being, being someone like high up at a company or an industry or whatever is like, definitely some hard work and but um I don't know I feel like when you when especially when you grow up in in a town like Beverly Hills there's like everybody's like super genuine but at the same time they're also very privileged so that I think that's where um kind of this this like this love of film came from because I've like I, I saw it like first person through like my friends and like their lives and, and their family's lives and it was just like really 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 cool you know and I thought and I also I also watched so many movies growing up which I like realized not too long ago and somebody I remember somebody asked me like a month ago or two they're like why did you watch like all of these rom-coms and I was like I was like um I was like I don't know let me think about it and I thought about it and I like, I remember it kind of all goes back to, to like when my dad passed away. And since I had like not that many friends at the time because I was transitioning from like, I was leaving one school and going to the other and it was like summer and all that. I remember that like literally that whole entire summer I just watched movies like, and I thought that was insane. And so I was like, why did I do that? Was I really lonely or did I actually like this? And I, I noticed I, I obviously like it, but um, 
I think, yeah, they were just like the friends I, I didn't have at the time because of my life was like doing, you know, a 180, but it was just. That's like also like, I think a lot of people that I've talked to at USC who are kind of in the same place that you are in the cinematic, who were in the cinematic school too, is that they want to be able to like, obviously affect people the way they were affected by movies. And like, I think that's yeah. like a big part of it too, is that you were going through something, but you were also like, at the time you were watching all these movies and they just like kind of let you escape from where you were probably at the time. And they let you like, ex like explore like different lifestyles or things like that through movies. And so like also like, yeah, the escape part of like television and um, movies is like a big aspect of why people watch them. And especially during the pandemic, it's a big thing too. They yeah. like, they're using that to like kind of get out of their current lifestyle. And, but yeah. it can be like kind of therapeutic too. I mean, like just like being able to just sit down, relax, like obviously just not think about something else, but like focus on a storyline can be very therapeutic and obviously the right amount of time, not just completely binging all the time, but you know what I mean? No, it's true. It's true. But even binging sometimes can be therapeutic. I don't know. It's weird because you also feel like your whole, your whole entire day is lost, but then I don't know. I've noticed it. I've noticed it, especially like watching sitcoms or anything like semi-humorous. Like yeah. you kind of feel like you're not alone. Yeah. And that's like the most lonely thing I've ever said like, probably. Do is like, I feel like they're my friends. Like, <laughs> I know, like I'm watching The Big Bang right now and I'm almost done with it. Great show. <laughs> I know, I'm almost done. But like, I'm literally like laughing by myself out loud. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm so sad. Like inside, probably I have no friends. I need to go outside or something. But I don't know, it's just like, it's just, nice. it's just nice overall but but yeah no it's so true I and I I noticed it like especially going through something very difficult I I didn't I think this was definitely before therapy and like before um me, like making friends and all of that I just I just turned to, to movies and I turned to these like rom-coms too especially because I think it was like not only like the the inner kind of like materialistic diva inside of me which doesn't really like come out often but like um I think it was more of this like notion of watching these like like gorgeous beautiful girls kind of like have it all and then you know go to nothing but yeah. then like come back and like be amazing again and you know like finding a new guy and like like getting the job and like moving like to different cities or whatever and I was like I was like oh my god like I need this you know and I think that was just like my young mind being like yo you know if Jennifer Gardner did it like you can do it too or like if like Elle Woods did it like you can too and I was just like yeah you're right like I can and I think it was just like you know finding a way to motivate myself and it helped and even though it was like a very cheesy like esque you know way to do it it it, it worked yeah. I think over time and then and then yeah and then like being at Beverly and I, I kind of saw I was like oh like movies movies you know is a, is a life path and people do it a lot of people get really successful doing it or they have you know really cool careers doing it like you don't have to you know 
you don't have to do it just for the money. Like you, you can do it and like, just do it because of the love. And I think I noticed that like being at Beverly, cause yes, there was like a lot of people who had parents who were in a lot of things, but there was also people who like, you know, parents did like one thing and, and then they're like set for life. And they just, and they also like, I knew this guy whose dad like wrote the Lion King and like, <laughs> and so that's like all he did. That's all he did. That's all he did. And he was like, he was like, yeah, my dad's chill. Like he was like happy with his life. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like it's such cute. a movie. And like, I think that's also like, I think like what you were saying is just like being able to like, yeah. those lives with what you're doing and the creative work that you're doing is like a really satisfying way to go about it. And even if it's not, cause like, obviously a lot of people are driven by monetary value, but being able to create value out of just like affecting people's lives is really, I think, I think that gives you more purpose personally too. You and this whole job search thing, which I want to go into as well. Yeah, we can go into it right now. (laughs) But like a lot of it's been like, oh my gosh, like I'm just like not going to be working like straight out of college, like for like a big company or something like that. And it's like, at the time I was like pretty, I was pretty scared about it because my parents like are doctors, like they are pretty well off. And it's just like all of this pressure to be like following in their footsteps and also to maintain the lifestyle that they gave me. And it's just like this cycle of that. But then after a while, like going through this process of finding a job, it was just like, you know what? Like, I feel like if I even got like a job at some, a good company, which actually happened and I turned it down was that I want to be like enjoying the work that I'm doing because that's like what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. And it's, you might as well be doing it. And so, yeah, it's kind of changed my perspective about like being like really hard on myself during this job search process. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely, especially just finishing like senior year on zoom and during a pandemic and then having a virtual graduation which I honestly didn't even attend because I was like, what's the point of that? It was like also at 7 a.m. I was like, I'm good. Like, I'm already super stressed out. Like, I can't wake up at 6.30 a.m. But yeah, I think, and USC like really trying to help the best they can, but also knowing that they they can't do as much as they, as they usually can because yeah, there's a pandemic and especially industries such as like the entertainment industry is just so it's just so static right now and it's if anything they're like laying off people and yeah I think that's just like a bigger issue in general because you're also like applying for jobs that may not even exist anymore and so it's weird it's super weird but with with the vaccine now like they they say more jobs are gonna open but I I just don't I don't think it's gonna be like as soon as we think like I think it's going to take some time because obviously it's the yeah. whole process of getting people to take the vaccine too. And then yeah. just, I mean, like it's going to be a while to things like really open up and I don't even know. Yeah. I, I'm just curious when it's going to come where we don't have to wear a mask, you know, like when is that? Yeah. Day? I know. I know. It's so, it's so weird. It's so weird. Like thinking about that or even like leaving the house without a mask or watch movies. That's the thing too, is I'm just like, there's yeah. a- like I don't know if you've seen that movie that came out on Netflix I care a lot I was just like because it was like filmed during 2020 I think Mm -hmm. 
And so like, I was like watching it and I was like, oh my gosh, like they're like living their life. She's like exercising without a mask on. And I was like, it's like, I know it's crazy. Even like I follow some people on Instagram and they live in like Orange County or they they live in Arizona and they're like at a full on gym without a mask. And there's other people around them not wearing masks. And I'm just like, I'm like shocked I'm like I like want to message them and be like are you okay but yeah it's crazy it's insane I I hope I hope that life comes back to normal and this new variant just goes away magically and that that like we're like 30 at least so oh my god I hope not. I like need to go back to a bar. I like need to go like I need to go to a gym. Like I like or a gym or or anything or or a movie theater or or an event or a concert. Oh my god. Like there's so many things that are just so yeah, it's just so sad. And it's, there were things that like brought people like happiness and peace, which is like very frustrating because I didn't realize till it was gone. That was like the biggest thing for me was I didn't realize I needed to be able to like see people's faces like that was like a huge thing for me too was that like I started to realize that like I just disconnect what I kind of go out now like you don't even because like you're not going to talk to someone obviously like you just can't because you have to social distance so it's just like I feel like just going like they're just in the state of mind of just they're disconnected from like society now even when they're out and about doing their daily lives you know and it's It's like now, like, I'm just wondering too, like what that's going to be like for people to go back, like after we don't wear masks, like, what is that going to be like? Are people going to just like that lifestyle? Are they going to be more social or are they going to be anxious to talk to people? And also like the mental health impacts of like this drastic change of being like isolated to being able to be, and then the FOMO is a big thing that will start affecting people too, is that when people start to go out and like, they start enjoying themselves, but then someone might be like, and have been enjoying this experience at home and might want to be doing that. So it's like this, like back and forth of like, what like society might like after the pandemic ends expect you to do, but maybe you just want to be able to like relax at home too after this. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are definitely going to force themselves to go out, which yeah, like it could be a good thing in a way but but it also could be you know just ungenuine and, and just not mm-hmm. not overall fun over time because if if you're already a homebody and you're forcing yourself to go out you're just not you're not going to have the best time you're probably just going to be super anxious mm-hmm. and i think that most people even like the the outgoing you know networking type are still going to be super anxious especially at first i think like I was at like CVS a couple of days ago and like this guy approached me and he was like commenting on my sweater, but I was like freaked out. <laughs> I was so freaked out. I was like, I was, and also I think it's like, I think it's everything. I think it was just like, it was the pandemic. Like he was like, I couldn't like tell if he's being creep or not because I can only see his eyes. That's so like, true. That's so true. I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Like, are you smiling? Or are you being weird? Or are you like, are you normal are you like you know also like it's that whole idea of like someone approaching you too is like a big thing like I've like I don't think like when I go out I'm just like no one's gonna want to talk to me and like I'm okay with that right now like because it's we're like social distancing yeah 
times where someone comes up to me and like talks to me and like sometimes too it's like it's really close and it like scares me because I'm just like oh my gosh like it's it's like yeah yeah I'm okay because I'm like younger but there's like older people who come up and I'm like aren't you scared like about getting yeah. it and things like that I mean especially here people don't care in Arizona but like it's just yeah no here too though there's some people who don't care at all and yeah I don't know <laughs> I get freaked out too I like try to like step back and then <laughs> step forward and I'm like <laughs> we're like going back into the wall but yeah it's freaky it's it's really freaky and I get even freaked out when people walk past me that aren't wearing a mask you know I'm just like uh like no but I know that it doesn't spread that 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 easy that fast yeah like I think really it's just like you cannot see it and you just don't know where it is it's just so much uncertainty so but I wanted to ask you too was how are you um, personally coping with this whole job search and like keeping yourself motivated? Because for me, it's been tough. Like I had to literally come back home because I was not motivated enough, you know? So yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that like I felt that way too, even before the pandemic. And I lived in downtown, which is like 20 minutes away from my mom's home. And I would come home sometimes just because it, it just felt like too much mm-hmm. and I and it, it, and it shouldn't it shouldn't have felt that way but it but it did and I think it was because I think it was because like just not like just not being in the same environment that I was kind of in high school and having that I don't know I don't know what it is it's kind of like when you're with I think especially when you're with like your your mom or your dad or any sort of parent, you kind of just feel like guard like guarded a little bit. You know, you feel like you're not alone. <laughs> and I think I definitely felt that way sometimes being at SC, even though it was not even far at all. And yeah. you know, I, I still had I had friends who cared and who I hung out with. But I think when it came down to like certain certain things I definitely would always come home because I just didn't want to be alone all the time and even 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 though I had a roommate and she was really cool I just wasn't the same and I don't even live far away so I shouldn't have felt that way but I did mm-hmm. and so but even at the beginning of, of COVID I think I like in all honesty like y- you could probably hate me but it was like kind of nice to not go everywhere and be everywhere. Mm. Um, and I always felt that way, especially like being at USC and having to like intern and having to like have a social life and having to like be part of clubs and, you know, <laughs> do everything. Of course, to do all of these things and yeah exhausting like after a while it gets exhausting so yeah yeah especially in LA with like the traffic and the lifestyle and everything and it feels like if you're not kind of like living living to like the like living to everything and like doing everything to like the best extent you can then you're not doing anything at all and I think it, it was just very overwhelming and at first I kind of I kind of enjoyed like sitting in one place and being able to like do work and be able to like do school and just like not feel 
this like overwhelming pressure to like do everything at once but it was also like super depressing because it also was senior year and there was no like partying or there was no hanging out with friends and like kind of like you know even graduation like there was none of that which you know overall I definitely got really sad about and you know definitely wanted things to get back to normal but at first I will say I was like one of the guilty few who like enjoyed it for a bit just for a moment but definitely not like going outside like I didn't enjoy that anxiety I just enjoyed kind of the the ability to like sit at one place and like not have to like rush around town to like be places on time and you know and to disappoint people if I couldn't hang out with them or like make plans with people and it was just like all of that and I just always kind of felt like the pressure to do so so at first it was not bad but now I think over like now being a year it's just too much and I just want it to go back to normal because because I can't I can't do it anymore (laughs) honestly I just can't especially with like job searching and interviewing on zoom like it's like that's fine I guess but like once you know a job does appear I feel like it's going to be really difficult to kind of figure out if it's the job for you if you're only meeting people virtually and doing work virtually and like never really having a feel for like who works at the company or like what the culture is or any of that I think that's the issue but also also kind of especially I think in entertainment and anything creative I I think even in marketing as well when you're like an entry-level um you know employee everything you do is based around the connections you make like the way that you're going to grow in that company or the way that you're going to even connect and see if that company's for you. Learning is like the biggest thing too, is being shown how to do things and like being able to like network at like your workplace is a big thing. Cause it's like when you're on zoom and like you hear about someone who works there, but you're, they're not like in the workplace, you can't approach them as easily. You have to send them an email then you have to set up a time to meet with them, you know? And it's not as easy, but Yeah, it's difficult. But how how are you trying to stay motivated? I guess like how yeah. yeah, I feel like I've become very very structured during this time, which is a good and bad thing. Like I think it's good overall for like my um my organization skills, but I think it's bad in the fact that like if I like write something down and if I don't complete it, I like I'm like like, why didn't I do that? Like, I'm not doing anything else, you know, like I'm kind of hard on myself because there's obviously like no excuse to like let things not happen during this time. And that's also like another issue that I'm dealing with. I think I need to like, you know, even during a pandemic, like let myself like not do anything. And I think that I'm not letting myself do that because like, I'm just so um, afraid of everything. I'm afraid of you know, not having a job by May. I'm, I'm afraid of like not being able to connect with everybody I can before positions are taken, you know, or or even like focus on my, my mental and physical health. And especially I think too, with like these new social media apps, such as like TikTok, they're mm-hmm. like so 
they can be so inspiring but they also can be like so dreadful because I watch them sometimes and like these girls during like quarantine have like you know changed their life like started a new career path like got into amazing shape like have done like everything and anything and I'm just like oh my god like I and like the whole productivity during the pandemic is like yeah I'm like so like successful. where like, where do I start like oh my gosh like oh god I can't yeah no and I I'm like I envy it because I'm like I want that like I want to do that but then at the same time I'm trying to do like a little bit of everything so I think I'm not focusing just on one thing and maybe if I focus on just one thing like I would see results sooner but that's just not how my life works I guess but I yeah it's it sucks though because I see these people do so much during this time and I want I want to do it too but I'm just I'm still trying to figure out the ropes on like how to even get seen virtually and I think I think if we figured that out then you know anything's possible true I know I'm curious like as well like how that's going to transition to after the pandemic like the whole idea of like people being comfortable like using zoom now and like thinking that that's like you're being because like obviously we are still being effective with the way that we're conducting work like the world's not going to shit like right now like we're still getting things done and like all that stuff but it's like after like are people gonna want to go back to like that's the thing too it's like are people gonna think it's okay to keep doing this because it's it still works you know yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that some people are probably going to be able to work from home and that might be fine. That might be like good for them. But at the same time, I think overall, you're never really going to have any sort of like networking experience or any sort of like yeah. relationship in the workplace if you don't go in. Like, I just don't think that's possible. Especially at every level, what we were saying too, is just like, you can't, I don't think it's good to like, obviously, but we're, we might have to, but starting off that way. Um, Well, so it's kind of coming to an end. I did want to touch on one more topic before it's kind of not in the order of how we're talking about things, but we were going to talk a little bit about sorority life a little bit too. Oh yeah. 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 I think especially going to a very big um greek life school such as sc you kind of want to be part of anything greek especially when you're you know a freshman or even a sophomore i i see all the time and i am and i'm guilty of it because you know i had friends who went to sc before me and you know, they always, they always had really positive things to say about Greek life, even though they still had negative things to say, you know, but overall they, they enjoyed their experience and they, they always told me, they're like, if you ever have opportunity to rush or like to meet anybody, just try it because you might like it, you know, you never know. And they always say that it's like just a really good way to make friends overall because it is it is a huge school and it's really hard to find out kind of who your friends are and, you know, kind of make that group of friends that you're supposed to have in college because I think that's also really, really hard to make, especially if you're not in like a freshman dorm. Like 
straight off the bat like I transferred spring semester so that was like I was already late to the game I think and I thought that you know I needed to be in some sort of group or club or house to feel like I mean, people think of it as a facilitated friendship machine type of thing you know like it brings exactly. together you're gonna be going through the rush process together so like yeah it, like it's going to be like that but I want to hear your experience with that yeah, yeah. I want to hear about yeah it. I, I felt the same way it was just I thought it was just like this like mechanism that you go into and then you just like come out with like you come out of it with friends like automatically and they're going to be your lifelong friends and your guys are going to be in each other's lives forever and and ever and it's all going to be perfect and so that's totally false and they need to really fix that because I think everybody believes in that structure and it's not that way at all I at first um since I since I transferred freshman year of college I didn't go to SC of the first semester and um, I had friends who did and they were older and some of them were already in um, sororities so I would come on the weekends and I would I would meet a lot of them so I kind of had like I guess a step up in a way because I was friends with people who were already in sororities I, I mean it was fun and there was one sorority I really wanted to be in and I I thought I wanted to be in it because I liked the girls, but overall I only liked two of the girls and I I was only friends with them because of, you know, high school and because of my life at home. And I noticed over time that like the other girls there, like I obviously did not like get along with. So, you know, even though I did have like, an opt to get into something that I really wanted to get into I like felt that I didn't belong so over time I decided not to rush when I got there Mm -hmm. and um I don't know I don't know like I could have if I wanted to I could have asked one of them to like like bid me like there's like this like kind of this like mm, like nepotism like there's like this nepotism way to get into a sorority if you really want to but I was thinking of doing that but then I was like oh no I'm just gonna like you know not do that and just wait and see if I really want to be in one and all of this but I I don't know I feel like maybe I I should have just like got in that way because it would have been easier but that's a whole different other story and so I was like okay I'm gonna rush instead and I'm going to, you know, feel this out, which was like super, super duper, like toxic. Like, I I hate to say it, but it was, and like, no one, no one like operates that way. Nobody operates on this like speed rush meeting, dating lifestyle. And if you get anything out of that, like there's something wrong because you don't, (laughs) you just don't overall. Walk me through what that, I don't, I didn't do that. So I don't know what that's, what do you rushing how does it work and yeah explain like what the talk where that toxicity comes from yeah um and some people love it and you know that's 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 their life and I obviously I respect it and you know they 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 have great memories at some sororities and that's amazing I you know I envy that because I didn't have that experience but um 
and I think a lot of it um a lot a lot of it is just structured because of how the sororities and how Panhellenic just has just operated through standards over the years and it's been that way since grandparents have gone there and you know their parents and forever but that's also why a lot of them I hate to say have like no diversity because there's so much picking and choosing on like what people look like more moreover you know what they study and who they are and like how they can like diverse the house Mm. I feel like I saw that over time and I I didn't I didn't want that to be like my overall experience because you know I didn't and I feel like especially being a girl who um is in a very I hate to say like manly major (laughs) but it's the truth because literally nobody except for like two people that I met during my rush year in um Panhellenic, which is like the all of the sororities combined it were yeah. in were in SCA. And that's like nobody. <laughs> that's like nobody. And so I was like, I originally thought I should do, you know, the sorority lifestyle because, you know, I'm gonna make more friends, you know, within my class and within, you know, the film school and all of that, but there was nobody. So I was trying to like find people to connect with on this like film, you know, entertainment level. But like a lot of people didn't study that who were in stories. So like with rushing, you like kind of, I think it's like you talk to people like individually and you have a certain amount of time. Is that how it works? Right. Yeah. You have like three minutes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like literally, it's like rush. I mean, it's like dating. It's like speed dating. So it's crazy. And there's no way to kind of have a connection with somebody in three minutes. Yeah. You know, most of the time it's kind of chosen on your background or your looks. Yeah. Like there's a couple of stories that we all know of that are like very, um, they, they pick and choose on certain things on like who you are, where you grew up, you know, if you know anybody and if you're connected, especially the top ones. Um, and I feel like that's just a rumor that has spread for so long because there is truth to it. And it's crazy, you know, there's a there's one sorority that I had a friend in and I, um, she told me if I wanted to be in it, I could. And I was like, that's totally, you know, against the rules. But she was like willing to go the extra mile and let me be in it when I, when I wasn't even rushing at the time. And I had a friend and another friend who wanted to be in that sorority really badly because her mom was in it and she wasn't picked. Mm. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, they pick and choose who they want and that's totally fair. It's their house. They can do whatever they want, but it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of issues in that. There's, there's no there's no fairness, you know, and I think, and I'm sure that affects people. It does mentally. Yeah. It's like, if you're coming into this as a freshman, but I don't think, I mean, like they don't do fall rush anymore. Right. They only do spring, 
But if you're coming in as a freshman and you're expecting like, you, let's say your first semester didn't go as you wanted, you didn't make that many friends, but you're like, oh my gosh, I get to rush now. And that's going to give me friends. But then you don't get into houses you want to, or like yeah. people that you like, it's like the way that you said, it will affect you. Cause then you're just, you might give up hope on the whole friendship thing in general at USC. You might kind of give up on being like, oh, I can actually find friends in other ways. You just will be might be like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to be like alone through this whole academic experience. And yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. And I think well, after you kind of decided not to go forward with it. Yeah, no, I, the reason, the main reason, like I didn't really notice all these things until after I got, I got out of um, my contract mm-hmm. and that was only and strictly because it was affecting my it was affecting my like personal life and I'm very I'm very like for you know anything extracurricular or anything you know networking based or whatever but like once it affects my personal life and like once it affects like the time where I want to put towards my life and my career and everything I, I usually draw the line because I just, I can't, I know I can't please everybody, but I always try to sign up for more than I can. And I think that especially being in a very high intensity, like major where you're like required to always be like working on something, even if it doesn't involve your, you know, class, like they always require, they always like they always want you to like work on other people's films. They always want you to, you know, do internships. So they always want like they, and they, they don't make it mandatory at first, but over, but over time they do because Mm -hmm. it's just a, it's just a very, you know, they require a lot of hours. And I feel like that's with every, that's with every school. Um, But especially like, in the film school, I, I remember being a part of like this mini series that was taking place at Universal. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing because like I was working with like seniors and I was a freshman and I was working with grad students who were like so cool, you know, especially when you're so young. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was part of um, the interior design kind of um group on that set so they they required a lot of time and a lot of effort and and they wanted you to be there you know from like Friday night from like 5 p.m to like 2 a.m and then be there Saturday at like 8 a.m to like 9 p.m like crazy crazy hours you know and so you you can't really like people say that it's possible but I just don't think it is because I, I did it it's impossible to be in a very like high hour maintenance, like (laughs) major and, and be in a sorority. It's impossible. I think it's impossible. It's just unlikely. And if you're doing it, you're spending more time somewhere else because you can't do both. And especially sororities get really upset with you if you can't be there for events especially like philanthropy events we're not coming to events as well yeah and you get charged and they get mad at you and you lose um like rankings and you can't be part of like 
any sort of like job in the sorority if you're not there for a specific amount of hours and then you have to pay your dues you have to like be on house watch and you can't be doing those things when you're like trying to work on sets and like trying to like meet people because you you're paying so much money to go to the school and I'm gonna go work on a set and like meet a bunch of like kids who might like offer me a job someday then like watch the house for like drunk girls who show up like you have to like <laughs> you have to pick and choose okay like what's this smart is important. <laughs> like what's more important for my life right now <laughs> yeah exactly and you know some people some people you know they're you know I don't know maybe maybe they're like photography majors or something and like they can chill and they have time to chill or you know they only have to like choose which days they go and take pictures like I don't know but like with when you're working on something that's very collaborative such as like a film like people want you at like the craziest times and hours and a lot of people didn't like me after I told them like oh I was like oh I wish I could but I have to go to the sorority event you know and they were like oh like where are your priorities like yeah like oh you want to be in film but like you're going to like this like you're, you're putting your your hours towards like I'm not gonna say it all good (laughs) but you're putting your hours towards something that's like definitely not like you know gonna get you anywhere like film wise yeah obviously build connections through that in a different way but like yeah you said there was no one that you knew that was in the industry that that was the issue yeah for me I understand completely where it's just like there's no benefit coming from this for you specifically yeah. And so, and hey, it's, it's totally cool to have friends in different majors. I'm like, so about that, you know, you meet more people. Like it's, it's just like, but yeah. And I would get in trouble too. I would get in trouble if I like, no, not by the house, but, but, but by girls in the house that I was um, um, like rushing for. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, they would, like, send me personal messages, like, telling me, like, why am I, like, hanging out at, like, Menlo parties, you know, and it, it was, like, stingy, it was stingy, and I was, like, because, like, everybody who's, like, in the film school lives on Menlo, so, like, that's why I'm there, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I was, like, I was, like, are you, are you kidding me, like, who cares where I hang out? Yeah, that's a, yeah, it was just like, it was a lot of what I just wasn't. And, you know, that, and that's okay, because like, I, I tried it, and I'm happy I tried it, because I made some friends out of it. And I'm happy about that. But at the same time, it's just not for everybody. And that's okay. And I think, I think if you really want to go a creative um, route, like film, or, you know, maybe even something really like educate like educational heavy like engineering or something or even business like I think things that require a lot of hours like it's just not for you because you can't there's just so many hours in a day that you can't physically be doing you know working on a 10-hour set 
and then come home and then be expected to like go on a party bus. And like, I, I wish I had that energy, but I just, I like just didn't have it every single day. I had it sometimes, but just not always. And, you know, if it was a different, if I had different, you know, priorities and if I didn't know what I was, if I was undecided, you know, that would, that would have been really fun. You know, that would have been like a good time. And I feel like for some people, it is a really fun time. It's like a way to network, a way to meet people. It's, it's great. It's like what college, you know, is to in movies or, you know, to certain people. And, and that's great. But for others, it's like you, you're expected, especially if, you know, if you know how much your education is and like, if you know, like how much you're like putting into this to, to waste it, like just going to, going to like friend networking events all the time can kind of feel, um, can, can kind of feel over time, like a waste of time, you know, and that's how I felt. And I think I felt like that because I wasn't meeting anybody who you know, was in the film school and I wasn't meeting anybody who could help my career, you know, benefit in any way or form. And so when I saw that and I saw that it was like cutting into my personal life of, you know, making those connections, I like knew it was time for me to leave. And, you know, some people got really offended by that. And I'm, you know, and I apologized and you know, but over time, you just have to pick what's best for you. And you can only know what that is by trying things. So I'm, I'm totally like happy and, and grateful. I was, I got the opportunity to try it out, but. Yeah. And sorry, yeah, power to you for making that decision. Cause it can be hard, especially when you're so young and you're trying to figure out your life and you don't. Yeah. It's difficult. But it's not there. Yeah. I feel like, especially like even being like 17 18 and like going to college and then like people telling you you know what do you want to do with with your life like where do you want to go like who do you want to be and it's just like I don't know like I know I like these two things like I'm gonna try to figure this out but it's not it's not easy yeah that's like yeah I mean like it's just it's kind of incredible to think that like at that age we're kind of expected to know what to do you know but yeah much for sharing all of that with obviously with the sorority with your life and your yeah, of course with grief and therapy like I really appreciate like all the time that you took to explain everything mm -hmm. to the audience and um thing that we do when the episode is ending one thing is ask you if you have any resources or anything you want to plug obviously Shannon has a podcast with her friend Amber and they're amazing I love both of them I've met Amber too through Shannon and they're just great people and I and do you want to like say what your podcast is about too? Yes. So, you know, uh, your podcast is definitely way more structured and it has, <laughs> it has a way better, um, what's it called? Just everything to it. But yeah, so we're, we're definitely, gonna, we're focusing too on mental health, but we're focusing on mental health, like through the entertainment industry and especially, um, in comedy and in just, I think Hollywood in general, and also a little bit with um, social media, but more on the fact of just like entertainment because of the fact we, we, we both love um, comedy and we both love just 
following our favorite stars and what have you but at the same time there's also just like a lot of like trauma that is within a lot of stories especially like stand-up and especially like specials and stuff when people kind of much too with the me too movement and all of that yeah industry that's I think it'd be really interesting I would love to I'm excited to start listening to your podcast as well and um just kind of yeah just hear what you guys have to say I'm sure you guys have a lot to discuss and uh see how it grows too because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people interested in it too um and then do you have any resources related to mental health that you would like to like that you know of and if you don't no problem if you go to USC the health center is very helpful if you can get a hold of them but (laughs) (laughs) I will say they are very helpful if you can also if you if you know of like any any like therapy like any any therapists like near you or anytime if you ever like have to talk to anybody if not like you can even like reach out to me directly like I will help you set up somebody to talk to like I know of like every like insurance and like every like possible way to like get you a therapist especially if you live in like Los Angeles County oh my god I can definitely help you with that but there's those are the two that I can reference um yeah and her Instagram if you guys want to reach out to her is it okay if I plug it (laughs) Yeah, of course. Uh, at Shannon, so S-H-A-N-N-O-N, and then last name Hagins, H-A-G-I-N-S. So yeah, I mean, she's very helpful and very understanding. And I mean, the reason we're friends is that she's very open with her experience and just a very genuine person. So she's a great person to connect with. And yeah, it's been great yeah. having you today. And um, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. And well, you too to you soon okay okay hey everyone I hope you enjoyed that podcast I did and I was so grateful that Shannon was so open about her experience dealing with grief um being in the entertainment industry and also that sorority life snippet at the end I know that was a little bit unstructured but um I just thought it was a really good conversation with one of my friends and I also learned things about her I didn't know so I hope that you all are able to take a lot out of this episode and are staying safe and healthy so fight on. It's not a game. It's a